0: Can we sleep our way to healthy eating? How does our brain change when we are sleep deprived? How can we brain hack our way out of unhealthy eating? Tune in for all the details only here on the People Scientist podcast. Hello my People Scientist army and welcome back to the People Scientist podcast for episode 64 where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all be a little bit smarter and lead the healthy lives we want to live. Last week's episode where I talked about using heat as a way to promote healthy eating got me thinking about all the important contributors to eating healthy. Often if we struggle with food cravings, It is because of many factors. As a result, many different brain regions are involved in regulating our food cravings and desire to eat junk food. The reason why I love neuroscience and understanding which brain regions are involved in food cravings is because once we know the neuroscience, we can create effective strategies to help us eat healthy. I feel like all of these brain regions and reasons why we may want to eat junk food need to be considered in order to make a plan or strategies to promote healthy eating. So this got me thinking about sleep. I have heard that when we do not get a good night's sleep, that we often make bad decisions in regard to eating. That we are more likely to choose unhealthy food. So I wanted to, number one, see if that was true. Number two, understand why. For example, how does a bad sleep change our brain signaling in regard to food? And number three, once I understood the why... I wanted to develop some strategies to help us eat healthier when we have had a bad sleep. Because obviously I can say, make sure you sleep well so you are more likely to eat healthy. But the reality is sometimes we are not going to sleep well because of work, personal things, perhaps because you are a new parent, so you're just going to be working on less sleep. So I want to see if there are brain hacks based in neuroscience in order to promote healthy eating when we are not able to sleep well. So as we always do, how about we start off with some core takeaways. Many scientists have reported that yes, bad quality sleep is associated with obesity. In fact, bad sleep is one of the top contributors to obesity. Why? Neuroscientists have realized that when we don't sleep well, our brain tends to lose its inhibitory control. Meaning, normally the logic part of our brain tells us things that we know we should do. And this logic part of our brain stops us from doing things we know we shouldn't do. Like, I know I should eat vegetables and fruit today instead of having a donut. I know that I should not drink 10 cups of coffee today. I know that I should not go up to my boss and start singing horribly and embarrass myself. The logic part of our brain controls that. It acts like a filter, so to speak. But when we are sleep-deprived, those filters are weakened. This is very similar to the effect of alcohol on our decision-making, too. Alcohol tends to reduce that logic functioning of our brain. So being sleep-deprived and drinking alcohol seem to have similarities in how they impact our brain and our decision-making. Neuroscientists show that when we are sleep-deprived, our emotional and pleasure brain regions seem to be more active. It is as though our logic part of our brain is in a tug-of-war with the emotional part of our brain. So when we are sleep-deprived, we tend to choose high-fat, high-calorie junk food, and we tend to eat more calories than typical. This can potentially lead to weight gain. So how can we brain-hack our way out of this effect when we aren't able to sleep well? Well, for starters, we can use a technique called affect labeling. This means to identify how we feel in that moment and to describe why we feel that way. We could think about our food choices and why. This will recruit our logic-thinking part of our brain and reduce the activity of that emotional brain region. This will make that tug-of-war in our brain more even. When we are sleep-deprived, our body temperature tends to drop as well, which could cause an increase in appetite like I spoke in last week's episode, so we can warm ourselves up. We can also reduce our levels of inflammation in order to promote healthy melatonin levels to promote good quality sleep. I go into the details of all of this and much more in today's episode. So now, let's get into those details. Many studies have reported that improper sleep is a very important risk factor in developing obesity. Specifically, if we don't rest well, if we are sleep-deprived, We tend to gain weight. Now, there are many possible reasons for why we gain weight when we are sleep-deprived, but it is thought that the main reason why we may gain weight with poor sleep is due to how sleep impacts our brain and our ability to make healthy food choices. Let's first look at some clinical research, when people were purposefully sleep-deprived and how their eating was impacted. In a clinical trial of 12 men, the scientists had the men restrict their sleep from 8 hours a night to 4 hours then the scientists offered the participants some food to eat for the day. Sleeping four hours a night led the men to feel about 50% more hungry, and they ate over 500 calories more during the day versus when they slept eight hours a night. So sleep restriction led them to eat more than necessary. Another really great clinical trial was published by PARTY in 2017. The scientists recruited 50 people and wanted to see if disturbing their sleep would change their food choices, so if they would choose healthier or less healthier foods. What was really fascinating about this study was the scientists also measured the participants' alertness. When the participants were sleep-deprived, their alertness tended to be reduced. They were more sleepy. You know, they felt more foggy-brained. The scientists realized that this was the most important contributor to their food choices. If the participants had reduced measures of alertness, they tended to choose the unhealthy, high-calorie junk foods. The participants that slept properly or had good measures of alertness tended to choose the healthier foods more often. The reason why this is fascinating is because now it gives us an insight into the neuroscience behind it and how we can brain hack our way out of this behavior. Being alert is generally needed for goal-directed behavior. Us trying to eat healthy and making healthy lifestyle choices is a goal-directed behavior. So let's get more into the neuroscience. FMRI studies can give us insight into which brain regions are involved in different activities, such as in the state of sleep deprivation and in regard to food choices. So Benedict in 2012 performed FMRI scans of the brain to understand how the individual's brains responded to images of delicious food with normal sleep versus being sleep-deprived. It turns out that the anterior cingulate cortex of the brain was far more responsive to images of delicious food when people were sleep-deprived. This brain region is important for anticipating a reward, like anticipating eating junk food. It's a part of that pleasure-reward processing. In a similar study by Fang in 2015, the scientists reported that when people were sleep-deprived, they tended to choose higher-fat foods versus when they slept well. The scientists here also reported higher activity in that brain region, the anterior cingulate cortex as well, as other brain reward regions like the putamen that regulate the pleasurable response to junk food. So what does this mean? Well, when we are sleep deprived, our brain's pleasure and reward brain regions respond to junk food in a hyperactive manner. Matthew Walker in 2013 wrote a great review on this topic too. His team highlighted the fact that sleep deprivation significantly decreases the activity in brain regions involved in evaluation, decision making, and planning, such as the frontal cortex and insular cortex, whereas there is an amplification of the activity within the reward and emotional brain regions. Interestingly, they saw an increase in the recruitment of the amygdala with sleep deprivation. Now, the amygdala is considered our emotional brain region that modulates feelings like fear, anxiety, sadness, and happiness. So not only do our reward and pleasure brain regions become more active, but our emotional brain regions may too with sleep deprivation. Perhaps that is why when we are sleep deprived, we are more likely to snap at people or be more or feel more emotional than normal. That could be because the amygdala just seems to be more active when we don't sleep well. So these studies taken together tell us that when we don't sleep well, we tend to choose higher fat, less healthy junk foods. This could be related to the fact that we are using our logic and thinking brain regions less, and the fact that we are using our emotional and reward pleasure brain regions more. It is as though we have less inhibitory control. We experience something similar when we drink alcohol. When we are drinking alcohol enough to cause us to feel somewhat drunk, Are we likely to make healthy food choices? No, not likely. That is because those brain regions that normally tell us what we should and should not do are not as active anymore when we are sleep-deprived or drinking alcohol. The cortex is telling us you should eat healthy. You should brush your teeth. You shouldn't go up to that person and embarrass yourself. But alcohol reduces the brain regions that control that. It is thought that being sleep-deprived has a similar effect on our brain as alcohol does. Improper sleep and alcohol take away our filters, so to speak. An analogy to explain this better is that our brain is constantly playing tug of war. You know, tug of war is when you have one person on either side of a rope and each is pulling the opposite direction. Our brain is kind of like this. In episode 57, I discuss how our logical thinking parts of our brain are often in a tug of war with our emotional brain regions. It is logic. Versus emotion. Many studies show that if we activate our cortex by logically thinking about something, then we reduce the activation of our emotional brain region, the amygdala. I believe it is very true that we can overcome strong emotions like fear, anger, sadness, etc., by being more logical. That in itself is rooted in neuroscience and observed in fMRI and clinical studies. So imagine in this tug-of-war competition we have our cortex at one end of the rope and our amygdala at the other end. Perhaps with good sleep, they are pulling at the same strength, or even the cortex is winning. Our ability to plan, to make healthy decisions, and to be more goal-oriented, that is winning. But when we are sleep-deprived, it is like we have kicked the legs out from under our cortex, and someone gave our amygdala an espresso shot so that the amygdala is able to pull even stronger, and win that match with ease. With poor quality sleep, our amygdala wins that battle, unfortunately. So a simple answer to this problem is to make sure to sleep well, of course, but we can't always accomplish this. So this begs the question, if we get a bad sleep, and our amygdala is winning that tug-of-war fight, what can we do to balance it out? I think we can do a few things. first thing that came to mind is that we have to activate our cortex then. We essentially have to pick up our cortex and put it back in that tug-of-war fight. How do we do that? We have to think, and we have to use logic. Costa Freda in 2007 combined a total of 385 clinical trials, where the scientists used fMRI studies while patients were processing their emotions. The scientists realized that simply labeling our emotions called affect labeling, Can actually activate our cortex and reduce the activation of the amygdala so we could label how we feel at the time for example we can say i feel tired i feel like eating junk food i feel stressed because i didn't get a good night's sleep specifying the why we feel this way is also very important because it makes us think and use that cortex even more so i feel like this right now because i stayed up too late on my phone and only got five hours of sleep. I feel this way because my cortex is losing that tug-of-war battle. Think again on this neuroscience that I'm teaching you. Then thinking about what healthy foods we could eat, and how they could benefit us right now more than versus eating junk food. We could think eating fruit right now would give me important antioxidants to help me protect myself from oxidative stress and inflammation. Eating an avocado right now would give me great fiber, and unsaturated fatty acids to promote my heart health. But eating a donut right now, sure it would feel good, but it's going to raise my blood glucose levels, cause glycation in my body, which can lead to inflammation, etc. This is how we can even out that tug-of-war fight. Thinking and using logic brings that cortex back on board. Another strategy is to give our cortex a winning edge by planning ahead and making those healthy decisions in advance. Making these healthy decisions a habit. It is like adding a second brain region on the cortex team of that tug-of-war fight. So now it is two brain regions versus one. If we keep healthy go-to meals in our home and reduce the amount of junk food in our home, it just makes that decision much easier. That is why many people are big fans of meal planning and meal prepping in advance. If you have healthy breakfasts and snacks that are ready to go in your fridge, it's a no-brainer. Makes it easier. For example, I like to personally prep smoothie cups in my freezer. So I'll put together some vegetables, fruit, chia seed, flax seed, avocado, and I'll put that in a cup in the freezer. And then when I'm really busy and I need something quick and on the go, then I'll take that out of the freezer and blend it up whenever I need. So that is the first type of strategy that we can use to help us balance out that tug of war in our brain and to promote healthy eating. Number one, use affect labeling and logic and thinking to bring that cortex back on board. And number two, plan ahead and make those healthy habits or make those healthy decisions a habit. So, how about now a third brain hack? I want to point out that many scientists have reported that body temperature decreases with a bad night's sleep. As I talked about in last week's episode, episode 63, when we feel cold, Our appetite may increase, leading us to eat more. That is because when we are cold, our hypothalamus tends to be activated, which may lead to an increase in appetite and food cravings. Our body does this because eating produces body heat. It's a strategy to help us warm up. But conversely, when we are hot, our hypothalamus is recruited less, and this is associated with less appetite and a lower desire to eat. Because our body doesn't want us to produce any more heat because we're already hot. And remember, eating produces heat. So another brain hack is if you are sleep-deprived, try your best to warm yourself up. FMRI studies show that this can reduce the activation of the hypothalamus, which could be associated with a reduced appetite. So we can either wear warmer clothing, we can drink a hot cup of tea, take a hot shower or hot bath, use the sauna if we have access to one, We could turn down our air conditioning or exercise. These are all strategies on how we can warm our bodies up. So that is my third brain hack, warm ourselves up. A fourth brain hack to promote healthy eating when we are sleep deprived is to target inflammation. Inflammation may also lead to poor sleep because it can reduce melatonin levels. Melatonin is an important molecule to help us go to sleep. There's a well-established connection between inflammation and melatonin. In high states of inflammation, melatonin is both produced less and used up more quickly. I've spoken at length, I think it was in episode 25 and episode 7, that inflammation shifts our metabolism away from serotonin and melatonin in our brain and toward kynurinine. So how can we reduce our inflammation to promote healthy melatonin levels and therefore sleep? Well, we can eat less fried foods, less chips, less french fries, eat less sugary foods, eat less processed foods. If you smoke, try your best to quit smoking cigarettes. Avoid air pollution the best you can by, bu- by using an air purifier and wearing a mask outdoors if your city has really bad air pollution. Avoid being in direct sunlight without proper protection for long periods of time. Make sure to get a good supply of antioxidants in your diet, like fresh fruits and vegetables. Also, make sure to increase your intake of omega-3 fatty acids, which produce inflammation-resolving oxylipins. And we can get omega-3 fatty acids from chia seed, flaxseed, hemp seed, walnuts, salmon, and sardines, for example. It is best to eat the seeds raw, as heating them may oxidize or degrade the omega-3 fatty acids. For the fish you can cook it to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. It does not need to be cooked higher than this, which a lot of people are surprised about. If fish is overcooked, it is more likely that the omega-3 fatty acids will degrade or oxidize, and we don't want this. Okay, the fifth and last brain hack. From Matthew Walker, a well-known sleep scientist, here are some suggestions on promoting good quality sleep. So what is the ideal sleep length? It is thought that it should be around 7 to 9 hours. But you can ask yourself, how many hours do you sleep where you can wake up feeling your best? You can go with that. Some tips to promote a good sleep is to reduce light in your bedroom. So use thick, dark curtains, no night lights in the bedroom. For example, I have an air purifier in my room that has a small blue light on it. I turn that off to make sure it does not bring the blue light into my room while I sleep. It is thought that light and blue light in particular may keep us awake. Keeping yourself cooler during sleep can also promote better quality sleep. So using a fan, a mattress that does not hold on to heat, or using thin bedsheets may help. Reducing light before bed. So perhaps an hour before bed, consider turning off or down your room lights. And turning your electronics onto a warmer color background that is not as bright. So for example, you can do this on your iPhone if you go to settings, display, and brightness. Then choose the night shift and set the hours. This will turn your iPhone to that warmer tone, which is thought to less likely keep us awake versus bright, cooler, toned lighting. So that is a wrap, my people, scientist army. There are my five brain hacks to help us get around the impact a poor quality sleep has on that tug of war in our brain. So can sleep impact our healthy eating? Yes, it can. When we don't sleep well, we tend to eat more calories, eat more high fat food, and eat more junk food. Why does this happen? Because when we don't sleep well, our logical thinking part of our brain is less active. And typically, this part of our brain is necessary for goal-oriented behaviors like wanting to eat healthy. Instead, when we are sleep-deprived, our emotional and pleasure-brain reward regions are more active. This leads us to seeking things like junk food. It is as though we have less inhibitory control, similar to when we drink alcohol. It is like our cortex is losing that tug-of-war battle with our emotional and pleasure-brain regions. So we can help out our cortex in that tug-of-war fight through, different, through a few different strategies. For example, we can use affect labeling, meaning let's label how we feel. We can think about the benefits that the healthy food will give us and think about that tug-of-war, that neuroscience of what's going on right now. That thinking, that logical part of our brain will bring our cortex back online to even out that tug-of-war fight. We can also warm up our bodies, which tend to be colder when we don't get a good night's sleep. Warming ourselves up may reduce the activity of the hypothalamus and therefore reduce appetite. We can also plan ahead and have on hand healthy food options. We can promote healthy sleep by reducing inflammation, by avoiding pro-inflammatory and adding anti-inflammatory aspects to our daily lifestyle. We can also add in good sleep practices like reducing light prior to bed. I hope that this episode was useful for all of you. There's a lot of power in understanding why we feel the way we do. Understanding that tug-of-war in our brain and knowing how to even out that battle is very empowering. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to message me on social media. If you don't already follow me on social media, make sure because I share the top studies I discuss here and I also provide some extra tips and information throughout the week. So my handles will be in the description box to this episode. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will meet you back here next week, the same time and the same place on the People Scientist podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates.